Well, this morning I want to just uh, invite you to do something with me just for a moment here. I want you to, uh, those of you who are wearing glasses, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take off your glasses just for a moment. And I want you to look at that person seated next to you. Now, did they look a little bit blurry? Do they look a little bit strange to you? You know, it's pretty interesting that sometimes our vision is not quite corrected, right? It's interesting, somebody gave me a, a, by the way, I have glasses on, you look all blurry, I just want to tell you that this morning, you all look pretty blurry, but you're here, and man, I'm so glad to see you this morning. But you know, sometimes our vision is just a little bit blurry, we don't quite see things as they are. Not just because our eyes may not be, you know, perfect in that sense, in a physical sense, but you realize when the light passes through the lens of your eye and goes to the cornea, it, you, you see things based on light. But do you realize that you can have a perfectly working lens and cornea and still not be able to see things? Why is that? It's because the brain has to interpret the signal. And, uh, you know, I'm really kind of disgusted with my brain right now because when I look in the mirror, I don't see a smooth face anymore. I see a lot of wrinkles. Have you guys noticed that same thing happening to you? Something about the aging process. But be that as it may, there are times when we don't quite see exactly like we need to. Now, I want to share with you that that centuries before Jesus Christ came into this world, the prophets predicted his coming. They knew that he was coming. They knew Messiah would come, and they, they had that down pat, but they didn't quite see it as clearly as we can see it today. And so this morning, as we continued the series of messages on Christmas, God's gift to us, we're going to look at something and hopefully each one of us here this morning will have a little bit more clarity about what God's gift is to us. And so I want to invite you, if you will, to, to join me in standing as we read God's Word together. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 4 this morning. Luke chapter 4. And uh, I want to read this passage to you and then I want to focus this morning on God's gift to us, the Messiah who gives sight to the blind. Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse number 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, 
this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And Lord God, we pray that the truth of your presence, your reality, your very spirit would speak to us in a powerful way. Father, I want to pray for those this morning who are participating in worship either in this place or online. And I I pray for them, Lord, that you would help them to see how you have given sight to the blind. I pray, Lord, that in the deep recesses of our hearts that we would begin to see things from your perspective. And, Lord, that we might be a people who respond to that revelation. That we might be a people, Lord God, who are enthralled with you and, and grateful to you and devoted to you and willing to serve you in our generation. And I want to pray this morning, Heavenly Father, for those who've yet to see the light. And maybe this day will be the day when your light will shine in their hearts and they will come to know you. And I pray for them, Father. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning as we look at God's Word, I want to make a couple of observations before we get into the passage. Guys, can you cut the mic just a moment? Get a cut, but anyway, that's okay. First of all, we've been this in this series about God's gift to us, and and you know when we began this series, we talked about God sending us a Messiah who fulfilled the prophecy of the prophet Isaiah, and of course Isaiah saw that the Messiah was coming, and when we read the passage earlier, this passage contains a quotation from Isaiah chapter sixty-one, verses one and two. And Isaiah saw the Messiah would come, and then Jesus, in this passage that we read, it's, it's noteworthy to me as you look at this, that Jesus begins this, and I want you to notice he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. <clears throat> Let me just first of all say that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the Word who became flesh, I mean, you know, Jesus is, is the creator, okay? All things were created by him and for him. And we all exist in him as, because he gives us strength to exist, power, whatever. And Jesus is the one who inspired the word of God, the, the Holy Spirit, the word of God. He, he came, he inspired the word of God. So Jesus knows it all, right? Because he's God. But as was his custom... He went to the synagogue, which I'm sure was not a perfect synagogue. (laughs) Can you see what I'm saying? Just because things weren't exactly maybe perfect did not stop the Son of God from attending. And I think there's a a lesson in, in that for us, just as a reminder. And then I want you to notice something else it says here. The Bible says in verse number 18, Jesus now is reading the prophet, and then in verse 21, he says, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And notice that it says, he began to say to them. I don't know if he said this more than one time, or if he just said it once, but the bottom line was, 
he claimed that he was the fulfillment of this prophetic utterance from the prophet Isaiah. Man, that is a big thing. I always get a little bit nervous when I hear about preachers who claim to be, you know, a, a certain uh, kind of uh, apostle, you know, and, and somebody who claims to be such a, a great person. And I mean, I kind of wonder sometimes about these guys and these gals, and, and maybe they misunderstand things, but the bottom line is that Jesus had the certainty and the reality and the honesty to claim that he was spirit-filled. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Jesus made it so plain that he was God's gift to humanity. And as we heard a couple of weeks ago, he was God's gift to proclaim good news. The, the words, there, there are two or three Greek words that they combine to give us the word gospel or good news. And they both form the word evangelize or evangelist. But the reality is that Jesus claimed this for himself. And, and it's good news. It's joyful news. You know, it's the idea of, of God having something wonderful to say to you. I mean, for those of us who've been in church for a long time and we've been hearing the gospel and we know the good news, it might in some ways be old hat to us. But think about this for just a moment. For somebody who kind of lives on the outside of the social circle. For someone who kind of lives out in the back 40, so to speak, like they say sometimes. Someone who is not part of the in crowd, but they're part of the out crowd. Think about for just a moment how they must feel to know that one who speaks with the anointing and the authority of the ruler and the maker of all says, I have some hilarious, joyful, good news for you. That's why I'm here, to let you know. And, and you know, I just have a feeling that for somebody who's thirsty for that love, somebody who's thirsty for acceptance, someone who is longing for, uh, for, for a fulfillment and a joy in their life, for a reason to live, that is a powerful thing. Jesus says that he's been anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. Of course, uh, we know that the poor people of his day accepted him much more than the elites did. We also know that those who are poor in spirit, those who have a sense of humility and spiritual need, they recognize that it's good news for them and they receive the Lord. And then, as Pastor Sean preached last week, the Bible tells us, and Jesus said that he had been sent to proclaim liberty to the captives. But today, we focus on this next phrase, God's gift to us, the Messiah who gives sight to the blind. So this morning, as we think about that, I want to just take you to uh, the, the, the first truth that I, I want you to see this morning, and that is that when Jesus came as the Messiah, it was prophesied that he would heal the physically blind. And so when we think about that, one of the identifiers for the Messiah, the true Savior of the world, would be that he would fulfill that prophecy, and that is exactly what happened, because Jesus came and he provided sight for a number of those who were physically blind. 
This is something to help us understand that Jesus is the Messiah. Some people talk a lot about performing miracles, and sometimes you'll see these folks that claim to do this miracle and do that miracle, and this miracle happened and that miracle happened. I want you to understand the miracle of salvation is the greatest miracle. But when Jesus performed miracles, he didn't perform a miracle so that he could, so that he could enrich a pastor or an evangelist. He didn't perform a miracle so that he could build up the temple or build up a, a huge building or, or draw a crowd. He performed the miracles, and, and maybe the miracles did draw a crowd, and they did, but the miracles fundamentally were there so that it might authenticate that Jesus truly was in the power of the Spirit and that he was God's Messiah. And the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 18 that on one occasion as Jesus was approaching a town, there was a blind man on the side of the road and he heard a commotion and he said, what's going on? And the crowd said to him, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. And the Bible says the man cried out and said, son of David, have mercy on me. And he kept on talking like that. And in Luke chapter 18... Jesus stopped, and he commanded that the man be brought to him, and he was. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. Jesus healed the blind, not all the blind people, but he healed a number of blind people. And this was about providing sight. Messiah will come and provide sight for the, for the blind. And it's interesting because later on, in a similar situation, there are this man is talking about how Jesus healed him of his sight. And, and he's talking because he's, he's giving testimony to the Pharisees. And, and they, were, they, they could not stand the fact that this guy who had been blind from birth, now gave credit to Jesus for healing him. But Jesus did. And I love what it says in John chapter 9 because this man is being questioned about Jesus by these Pharisees and these Sadducees and these teachers of the law. And he answered and said, whether he, whether Jesus is a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know Though I was blind, now I see. Man, I tell you what. He, he, he did that, and because of that, as it says in the screen above, this man was talking to these, pope, these people, and they were questioning him, and he said, listen, never since the world began has anyone heard of anyone who opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. There was a testimony right there. And I remind you that when Jesus was questioned by the disciples of John as to whether Jesus was truly the Messiah, and by the way, John, this is John the Baptist now. John the Baptist is in prison. And you know what happens when you get in a bad place in life. I don't know if you've ever been in a bad place in life, but when you get in a bad place in life, you begin to question a lot of things, you know. Why is this happening? Well, what did I do wrong? Does God hate me? Is God there? Does he even care? And John was in prison because he had boldly preached against immoral behavior and, uh, of the leaders of that day. And, 
And John said, you know, I want you guys to go talk with Jesus and find out whether or not he truly is the Messiah. And so John's disciples came to Jesus, and Jesus said, you tell John that the gospel is preached to the poor and also that the blind receive their sight. Jesus was the gift of God to give sight to the physically blind, which authenticated him as the Messiah. But there's a second sight that I want you to understand, and, and maybe this this will strike a little bit of a closer chord for many of you who are here today because not only is God's gift about revealing and giving or recovering of physical sight, but God's gift of Messiah is a sight for those who are morally and ethically astray or morally and ethically blind. Notice the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because He's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. This is, you know, the reality is that people are not just physically blind, but they are morally and ethically blind. Sin reduces us to a position that we don't understand right from wrong often. This is why the world can be in the turmoil that it's in today. This is why so many people can have so many different opinions about what is right and what is wrong, and why people will vociferously argue that their position on this ethical, moral matter is right, even when it is a bald-faced lie from the pit. Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, by his teaching and his life is a revelation of righteous living and thinking. You remember what John said in John chapter 3? As John was writing in this passage, the Gospel of John, he writes and he says, Light has come into the world. And as we look at the scripture, the Bible tells us in in uh, John's Gospel, in John chapter 3, the scripture says that this is the judgment. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 19, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in darkness. You know what, it's interesting, when you read the account of Matthew, of the first advent of Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ coming into the world, it's interesting because in Matthew chapter 4, he uses a quotation also from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, and in this passage of scripture, the Bible says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and those who dwelled in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. Jesus life and teaching and truth reveal the perfect righteousness of God. You know, it's interesting when we look at this passage of scripture, when we look at the world in general, we can be reminded that the world is so mixed up about a lot of things. 
The psalmist said in Psalm 82, verse 5, They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. And I tell you, there's a lot of people walking in darkness. Jesus came. He revealed truth and righteousness. The Bible tells us that in the book of Proverbs, it, it talks about those who have forsaken the, the, the path of uprightness and they walk in the ways of darkness. I'll tell you what, when, and, and we don't really have time to go into all of this today, but I want to just make this appeal to those of you who are tuning in or those of you who are here this morning. Don't believe everything that is promoted as right and good on social media, on the internet, on the, the television, through satellites. Don't believe that all of that is right and true. I believe you probably don't. But do you realize that 24-7 there's a propaganda machine that is trying to put the values of the world on the people of God, the godless world on the people of God? And sometimes they tug at your heartstrings. Why, this, this has to be right because I feel it in my bones. Jesus said that, that those who follow him will walk in the light and not in darkness. And so what that means is that, that when God decided to give us a gift of sight, it was not just about physical sight. It was about an understanding of the moral and the ethical right and wrong. It's like a retuning of our consciences. The Bible tells us that, that, that in the time of Jonah, the people of Nineveh were so mixed up they couldn't tell their right from their left. They were so confused about which way to go. They were like little children that had been taught the wrong thing. And I have a feeling that that is the world that we live in today. But when you look at Jesus' life and his teaching, you begin to understand what Jesus taught about material wealth. See, the world says you, you want to make all you can and you want to get you know, you want to get everything you can materially because uh, you just need to enjoy that. And Jesus said this. He said, don't trust in, in wealth. Don't serve God. You can't serve God and money, he said. But Jesus said, put your treasure in heaven. I remember one story where there was a, a couple of guys, or, or one guy that came to Jesus, and, and he was upset because apparently their father had died, and their father had an inheritance, and he gave, I guess he gave most of it or all of it to one son, and the other son came and said, Jesus, you go tell my brother to share that money with me. And Jesus said, beware of covetousness. Life does not consist of the abundance of things. Jesus had a whole different view of money. Jesus' teaching on marriage and divorce. In those days, you could just get rid of somebody if you didn't like them. All you had to do was sign a paper and say, that's it. Or you could get married to how many people you wanted to, whenever you wanted to, and you know what? And, and Jesus said, no. From the beginning, God made them male and female and the two shall become one. 
And, you know, as I look at the scriptures, Jesus' teaching was so different than the world then and the world now. His teaching on forgiveness, turning the other cheek, <laughs> not cursing out people that curse you, okay? <laughs> I know you might feel it in your heart you want to, but that's part of the fallen nature. No, Jesus said, bless those who abuse you and pray for those who persecute you. Man, that's so much different. But, but that's what I'm saying. He, he, he kind of reorients our idea. He recalibrates our understanding. How many of you have ever had a car that was out of, uh, out of tune or, or maybe the timing was out on it? Did it ride kind of rough? Oh, come on. I know you probably have. Anybody besides me? <laughs> Shut off. That's right. Don't want to go. That's what the world needs. We need to be recalibrated. We need to be retuned. And we need to understand good and evil from God's perspective. You know, the Bible says that we ought to hate evil. But most of us have a little bit of trouble sometimes because there's some little portion of evil or wrongdoing that we find pleasurable, but God says, hate it. That's how far above us that God is, but that's why Jesus came because he lived a perfect life. He taught perfect truth, and his life is a revelation to all of us of the moral and the ethical truth of God. So that's God's gift to us. This is why... You know, I, I tell you the truth. There are some times when, when I'm, I'm working with people and, and some of the craziest stuff that goes on. I mean, it looks like a Jerry Springer show, you know, or something that's going on that you would see on TV. I guess some of y'all know about Jerry Springer, but some of you don't. But anyway, just imagine crazy things happening, you know, like my, 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 hill, my hillbilly uh, husband has, you know, five other wives. And, you know, I mean, think crazy things that just aren't right. And, okay, what was I fixing to say? I anyway, people can mess up their lives. And by the way, if you ever get in a counseling situation, don't add to the Word of God, don't subtract from the Word of God, and please don't ever contradict the teaching of Jesus because you will run headlong into trouble with the Lord. I mean, like a bear. You better not do that, okay? So anyway, there, there's, a, there's a need. And by the way, man, our world needs some understanding of right and wrong. And the sad thing is there's a whole generation that's being schooled in, in things that are so wicked and so deviant now. And we just, we, people need the Lord. You know, it's interesting because, as I said, in the book of John, the Bible tells us that the light has come into the world and then John 3.19 says, And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Now here's where I want to go to the next point because this is, this is the point of the next point. You can know right from wrong and you can understand what God has to say about something, but you can choose to neglect it. And that's exactly what happened to those who saw the Lord while he lived and while he taught. 
many of them. They just flat out rejected him. It's reminiscent of Romans chapter 1 where the Bible says, although they knew God was the creator, they did not give him glory. And because of that, their hearts became darkened. So here's the the third point. Because not only does the gift of God give us a morality and an ethic that is God's will and God's way, but the gift of God is not just a sight that helps us understand morally and ethically. It is a sight that revives us spiritually. The gift of God is a sight for the spiritually dead. So he gives physical sight. He gives moral and ethical insight and understanding. And then for those wonderful people who hear the Holy Spirit, he gives them opportunity for spiritual life. Take your Bible, if you will, and go to John chapter 16 just a moment. I want you to see this passage. Because in this passage of Scripture, the Bible tells us that Jesus, when he was about to leave and go uh, and and, and leave the, the world physically, he made an incredible promise. And in John chapter 16, he says this, verse 7. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment. Because the ruler of this world is judged. There are so many people out there who understand God's way, but they also hold on to their way. And they will not come to the light because they indulge themselves in the works of the flesh and the works of a godless world. But some, in the deep recesses of their heart, they hear the call of God. They recognize that God is speaking to them. They understand the convicting power of God's Holy Spirit personally and vividly within and God is calling them to have a spiritual salvation and opportunity to be born again to realize the glorious good news of God's forgiveness and God's mercy and new life in Christ and in that moment those who've been convinced of the righteousness of God and the mercy of God they realize the judgment of God is coming. And without Christ, they are morally, they are eternally, they are lost. See, the gift of sight of the Messiah is ultimately about spiritual life. And maybe that's you. Maybe you've experienced that. 
And the good news is that if you've experienced that, if you've received Christ, the Bible says if you receive him, he gives you the right to become children of God. And the Apostle Paul said it so clearly. He said, if you've received him, then walk as children of light. This is Ephesians chapter 5. Walk as children of light, not as children of darkness. And if you've not received him, but you sense that call and that pull in your heart, the way to respond is to say, Lord, I give you my life. Come into my life. Forgive me. Come into my life. And you will experience the goodness, the mercy, the assurance of God. I can't speak for everyone in here, but I know in my own life that I received the Lord as nine, at nine years of age, but I also know when I was 16 years old and a, a teenager who thought he knew everything, but he didn't know hardly anything, I also knew that there was a choice that I had to make, and that choice had to do with whether or not I would follow the direction of the Lord or continue to do what I wanted to do. And all I can tell you is that in my heart there was a beating and in my heart there was a fervency. In my heart there was a sense that it's now or never. And I remember going forward and saying, Lord, I want to recommit to you this day, this hour. And I'll tell you something, God has blessed me ever since. Even when I wasn't good, he blessed me. And he can do that for you too. So Messiah said, I've come to proclaim the good news, to release the captives, and I've come to give sight to the blind. Let me encourage you, if you've not received him, that now is the moment of salvation, that today, and if you have received him, then begin walking in the light. If you follow Jesus, you'll walk in the light, and you will not walk in darkness. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Father, I want to pray right now for those who are participating in this worship service. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would, would help us to see the necessity of whatever it is that you've called us to in this moment. Whether it's a decision we need to make or whether it's a, a choice about uh, serving you or not serving you. or Lord, whatever it is in our lives, we just pray that you would help us, Lord God, to understand the unequivocal path you'd have for us to take that you give us courage and bravery that we might stand boldly for you that we might surrender to you in all things Lord we love you and we praise you and thank you for the gift of sight in Jesus name we pray thank you so much for listening for more information about First Baptist Church of Wildwood and our ministries, you can go to our website, fbcwildwood.org, our Facebook page, First Baptist Church of Wildwood, or our Instagram page, FB Wildwood. Have a great Jesus-filled day.